Matt. Hello, hello, hello. How, How are you? I'm, you know, getting through it. How are you? I'm strange, you know. I'm yeah. fine, I guess. It's, it's also pouring rain here. It just sort of adds yeah. to the misery of it all. But uh, uh, And, uh, of course, caveat, we are healthy and safe and yeah. lucky and Blessed. all that. Yes. All of that. But yes, yeah, yes. it's, uh, things are getting, uh, it's, uh, this feels like, um, like a, a super Wednesday. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we're just in the middle of a long, long week. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And also my like perception of time has totally warped. Um, it's all, it's all strange. It's all bizarre. Um, but honestly, like uh, more than ever, I am glad to be doing this show. And we've gotten some nice messages yeah. from people, you know. Th- yes, we have. That we're, they're glad that we're keeping on, but we're glad that we're keeping on. Yeah. Because it's, uh, it's keeping me sane. Yes. Yeah. Um, big double feature this week. We have big, a big supersized show. Week. Mm-hmm. Um, Later in the show, yeah, uh, Caleb Heeran, whose whose stories have kept us glued to Twitter. Yes, uh, we'll we'll tweet it from the homophilia account, but I, I'm sure everybody has seen by now. Caleb has a riveting chain of stories about a long date that he went on, um, and he's just so funny. Uh, just a um, a true. Rising star, a real rising star. Just uh, an honor to catch him on his on his uh, skyrocket to the top. As he as he uh, swung through Los Angeles, taking meeting after meeting, he made time for us, and that's uh, that is awesome. Uh, but first, somebody who is uh, who is um, a neighbor, somebody we've been uh, wanting to get on the show for a long time, and somebody who um, is now recovering from uh, COVID nineteen. Yeah, um, uh, Greg Rickart, you know from uh, Young and the Restless, and he was also on Days of Our Lives and a ton of other stuff. Uh, a legit soap star in our mm-hmm. midst. Yes, and and, uh, and a, a super charming and uh, and funny and smart guy. And I'm so glad he is healthy. So glad he's healthy, and so glad we got to talk to him. Um, and he's he. Uh, yeah, I'll let him speak for himself, but yeah, we're absolutely uh, head over heels for Greg Reckhart and Caleb Heron. After the break. We're back with Greg Rickart. How are you? Hi, guys. I'm, I'm doing really well. How are you both? We're getting good. Very happy you're here. Thank Wondering you. how how many times a day are you answering the question "How are you?" I mean, you specifically, right? Um, quite a few. Certainly not as much as I was answering it, you know, a week ago, two weeks ago. Um, and the odd thing was, and the lovely thing I should say is that I, I was getting so many texts, I was barely able to keep up with them. So that was that was really nice. It made me feel loved and important. Um, but I could also palpably sense people's fear in their asking, how are you? 
People mm. were asking specific questions about how high my fever was, what was my cough like, and and I know that the primary concern was my well-being, but also what kind of things do I need to look out for? And right. um, so uh, so that was a little that was kind of odd and strange. Um, I also feel like speaking about going stir crazy or not, I'm at like I'm two weeks behind where everybody else is, if that makes sense. Right. Because the two weeks that I was quarantined and and quite sick were just such a blur that my quarantine ended, I guess, what's today? Uh, like almost two weeks ago. So last week was my first full week back out in the world. So I'm where everybody else was two weeks ago. I'm not quite going stir crazy yet, but I imagine I'll be climbing up the walls in a week or so. So you really, you're, you really took a turn for the worse right when we all began quarantine, essentially, in L.A. Basically, I actually, my son got sick on Monday, I guess the 9th or 10th, whatever, uh, that second, the beginning of the second week in March. So we had taken him to an urgent care, and, uh, and he had a high fever, and he'd been co- he's been coughing all winter, but he, it's his first year in preschool, and any parent will tell you that that's, this is how they develop their immune system and they're sick all the time. And, and, and it's, it's, it's good for them. It's good for their bodies. Uh, but his cough would ebb and flow basically since the holidays. And we had taken him to his pediatrician a few weeks ago and his pediatrician said, it might just be seasonal allergies. Let's make an appointment in two weeks to have him come back and we'll see where we're at then. So before that two weeks was over, he spiked a high fever, uh, the highest he's ever had, and he was hallucinating. So we oh got real scared and rushed him to an urgent care. And they tested him for flu. It was negative. And she said, he's probably going to be running a fever for a few days, keep him home from school. And by the next day, he was fine. Still coughing a little bit, but the fever uh, was gone. So we went to his regular pediatrician on Wednesday. She x-rayed his lungs, gave him an antibiotic. And after that, he was fine. That same day was right at the beginning of, hey, we shouldn't be shaking hands, and and things were just starting to snowball here, and I was coughing. So I went to my doctor, who said I had seasonal allergies. He gave me some Flonase, and I went from that doctor's appointment to a memorial service for Lee Philip Bell, who is one of the creators of The Young and the Restless, who had passed away, was in a a room with over 200 people, uh, went to work the next day. One of my co-stars, who I work quite closely with, Liz Hendrickson, was eight months pregnant. And little did I know that I didn't have seasonal allergies. Um, I got home from work that Thursday, was starting to feel crummier than I did the day before. And by Friday, I called the doctor again and said, I don't think this is seasonal allergies. I- I'm starting to run a fever. He prescribed me a pack, which I took over the weekend, but even... With the antibiotic, I, I was getting worse and worse. And so this brings us now into, um, I guess, the beginning of the third week in March. And at that point, most productions had shut down. And I couldn't I couldn't get seen by a doctor. I, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm rambling. Did you want to interject? No, no. no, 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 no we, is... we, we, we're on board for every beat okay. of this. So yeah, okay. more detail, the better. All right. So, so I guess we're at Monday. And at... And I was feeling really bad by then. I Even with the antibiotic, my symptoms had worsened. Um, but I couldn't get a doctor's appointment. Nobody wanted anyone presenting with 
coronavirus symptoms in the office. So two, doc, two, two different offices said, we'll give you a virtual appointment um, over the phone. So I had two of those and I didn't meet, at that point, I didn't meet the threshold to be tested because my fever was around a 1015, uh, yeah, a 101.5. I hadn't traveled out of the country since the beginning of January and, and I, I had the cough, but, uh, the fever wasn't high enough, nor did I meet the travel requirement that. And I'm sorry to interrupt point, at, the, at, at this point, is your son feeling better or he's great. And I should okay. add to my husband had been sort of down a little bit, had a cough, but never ran a fever and was better within a few days. We have a, we have a nanny who takes care of our son when we're working and, and she, same thing, had coughed uh, for a few days, but no one really we got uh, quite sick. So on Monday, I started getting really concerned, especially when no doctor was willing to see me, that I found a, um, a, house, call, a, a house call doctor that was willing to come to the house. But they said, we don't have, we don't have tests, but we could test you for, for the flu. And at that point, I was, I was hoping I had the flu, thinking that'll give me some peace of mind. I'll be better in a few days. She came to the house. I tested negative for the flu. She said, but I don't think you have coronavirus. And I said, okay, well, maybe I'll be better within a day or two. So now this, that was on Monday. Then Wednesday morning, my fever was low. It was just like a 99.1. And a friend of mine who is a urologist said, I, I heard about a clinic in Santa Monica that's doing drive, drive-through testing, which was really appealing to me because I wasn't sure whether or not I had coronavirus. And I wasn't eager to go into a doctor's office where I could potentially be around people who, who, who could have it. So being in the car and getting tested was, was something that appealed to me. So I got in the car on Wednesday morning, drove to Santa Monica. And then by the time I got there, they were no longer seeing any new patients. So I got turned away, drove home. And then by the time I got home, my fever was 103. I was having trouble breathing and, and then I was starting to get really scared. So there's a, a motion picture health facility down the street in Toluca Lake that's open until 8 o'clock, thankfully. I was able to get an appointment that on Wednesday evening at 6.45. They didn't have coronavirus tests. They tested me again for the flu. I tested negative. Um, then she x-rayed my lungs and said, you do have pneumonia, though. So let's get you on an inhaler and some antibiotics. And so... Uh, then, so I alerted my primary care physician to all this and he said, why don't you come into the office and we'll, we'll, we have some tests now. And since your fever did go higher, we'll test you. I got tested on Friday and then on Monday was, uh, formally found out that I, that I had coronavirus. But at that point it just felt like a formality because I had been running a fever at that point for like nine or 10 days already. And, and I knew what I was dealing with, you know? So then and this is all changing so quickly, right? So the county assigned me a nurse who said, my job is going to be to check in with you once a day. I want you to monitor your fever in the morning, in the evening. Let me know if your symptoms are worsening or whatnot. So she called me on Monday. She called me on Tuesday. And then by Wednesday, I think because the number of cases was spiking, she said, I'm not going to, we're changing our protocol. I'm not going to be able to call you, but you have my number if you need me. Then they said, as soon as your fever breaks 72 hours after that, you can break your, your quarantine. 
And so my fever broke on Wednesday, or maybe even Tuesday night, I can't remember. And so in theory, I could have broken the quarantine by Friday night, but just to be safe, we waited until Saturday morning. And that's when I reunited with my husband and my son. So you're and in the same you handle quarantined. How was I home quarantined? Yeah. yeah. In, in my bedroom, which had we planned this better, we have a, we have a basement where guests, parents, when they come to visit stay, that's basically uh, a living room, a little kitchenette and a bathroom. And the, you know, the, the bed, the couch turns into a bed. And that would have been ideal because I would have had direct access to the backyard. I could have walked around a little bit, but it all happened so quickly that I just sort of got stuck in the bedroom, which, um, wasn't ideal, but it, it, uh, you know, it is what it was. And it was hard. It was really hard. It's brutal. I'm, I'm so glad you're okay. I mean, thanks. I mean, I, I, when I first talked about it last week and I mentioned that it was the hardest experience of my life and it was for lots of reasons, emotionally, physically, but I think, I don't know, I guess my perspective 10 days later after, cause I, I also, I, I kind of shut myself off from reading any news while I was sick because I think that was making me anxious. And I thought I need to just watch comedies and meditate and do things that are good for me rather than make myself more anxious, you know? So, but in reading like what other people are going through and have gone through and people who land, uh, you know, in a much worse place than I did, I think I now have a little more gratitude, even with as difficult and challenging as it was. I'm, I'm just grateful it wasn't worse. You know, it really is all relative. I mean, but I, I also, I've so many close friends who have kids around the same age as your son. And mm-hmm. even when everyone is healthy, this is such a difficult time, you know, just even just sort of like helping them understand what's happening and to have one parent be just out of commission, you know, that's, I I cannot imagine. So Rob, so Rob had to be full-time dad, full-time nurse. And he also had to try and work whenever he could squeeze any time in to get some work done. So, you know, I, I was very sensitive to that and tried to I think protect him from the worst of what I was going through because he had so much on his plate, you know? Yeah. Right. So yeah, it was. So what kinds of things were you watching? What was your sort of, uh, pop culture comfort food while you were sick? Um, let's see. There was, there was some drag race on Friday nights. Um, I think I needed, I needed a lot of, I went, I went like old school. I went back to the things that comforted me when I was a kid. So uh, there was a lot of Cheers that I watched on Netflix. Oh, nice. um, I'm doing the same. And, yeah, it's and so Dave, this is this is going to go full circle. But um, rewatched a lot of Moonlighting, and uh, love it. Right? I mean, because there is a. It's not. It's. I forget what the website is. It's. Uh, there is a way to find it online. It's not on yeah. Netflix or Amazon. Yeah. So a lot of Moonlighting, a lot of Cheers, and then um, what else did I watch? Uh, Back to the Future, I rented one day. That was fun. Mm. And I got into The Good Place, which I had never watched before. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. You're watching the current season of Drag Race? Yes. So who actually, you... that was... Who am I... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was just no, going to ask, who are, you, who are you rooting for? Who are your yeah. current favorites? Well, my favorite is... Um, who's the one that looks like Christine Baranski, who has the great clothes? She just won... She won Ooh. Snatch Game. Gigi Good? Yes, Gigi Good. Yeah. 
She's my favorite. She does. Well, she look does look like. like yeah. I mean, she looks exactly like Christine Baranski, and um, her wow. clothes are phenomenal. And she's she's really funny. She's really yeah. good. She's my favorite. Yeah. And I. Yeah. Um, and also, who's the one that got kicked off? The the got expelled from Aiden the show. Zane. No, not Aiden. Oh, I really like Sherry Aiden. Pie. Sherry Pie is really good, but I have conflicting feelings about that because of what of we know that she did. Yeah. And Aiden, bless Aiden. Aiden was so sweet, and I, I, I think, I think, um, I think he probably spoke to a lot of of disenfranchised youth. I bet he's going to have a quite a cult following. Yeah, don't you think? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. He's uh, he's bringing the midnight Rocky Horror showing to yeah, the, yeah, to yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. world. Agreed. Um, but I, I and think, then one, you know. You look at a thing like Snatch Game or the or the the comedy challenge or whatever, and it's like at some point you, you have the show has to stop bringing on people who aren't funny and then trying mm-hmm. to make them funny. Yeah, it's, it's so tough. hard to watch. It's well, really do hard you think, to watch. I mean, does does every queen? I don't know. I think is part of the purpose of that show to sort of like take a diamond in the rough and help hone them, right? Because Maybe, maybe Aiden maybe. needs a couple more years of uh, of performing, which I think the experience on the show is going to certainly open a lot of doors. And maybe yeah. maybe she'll sort of develop it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I just yeah. know, I, I don't I don't understand the purpose of Snatch Game because I'm never if I'm going to see a drag show, I'm not like oh I I can't wait to see who they impersonate or you yeah, know what I mean yeah I'm not yeah. like going to see Fred Travelina. You they could almost mean? do like a they could almost do like a Hollywood Squares right and be themselves and still do the banter. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Who would oh, and then be since... if, you, if you had to do a snatch game, who would you choose as your character? Ooh. Have you I done drag know. at all? That's hard. I did drag once for a friend's, uh, I think it was a 30th, th- turning 30 as a drag kind of thing. And mm-hmm. he said, I don't want you guys throwing on a wig and some makeup. I want you committing. So we hired a makeup artist and, you know, our eyebrows disappeared and, wow. Um, oh, wow. and then we showed up and we showed up and everybody else had basically just put on a wig and, and lipstick <laughs> and we looked absurd. Um, How did you I look? I looked like the way I, I looked exactly like my mom would look when, when she'd get like dolled up to go to a bar mitzvah when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. how I looked. Mm. Did it, you have I a mean, name? I did, uh, did I have a name? Yeah, there was like a theme. So I was Miss Alaska, maybe, but it wasn't okay. like Alaska. It was there was a it was like a murder mystery thing, and we all were were different states. And I think I was Miss oh, Alaska. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And this I party's had, uh, a lot of work. It was a lot of work, and no one else committed the way I did. Rob and I both committed, mm. but anyway, good for you. Um, yeah, and then since quarantine ended, um, because Rob was like, "Let's watch, let's wait and watch it together." I had watched one episode of Tiger King. In quarantine, and I thought this is too this is too much right now. So I waited till yeah. that was over, and we finished Tiger King last night, and then we also just marathoned uh, season three of Ozark. Have you guys oh, seen wow. that yet? I have. Not. You're not afraid oh. of the darkness in this particular time. Not anymore. I was a few weeks yeah. ago, but now I'm like sure. I think uh, yeah. So that's been that's been our uh, our viewing post quarantine. How did you How did you feel at the end of Tiger King? Um, I feel like I have more questions. I want to know what happens to everybody else, basically. Yeah. Um, I'm happy that, that Joe Exotic is in prison. He's a, he reminds me of uh, the president. Doesn't he remind you guys of the president? A little bit. 
right? Yeah. There's a lot of similarities, the narcissism, the, and you can imagine a world, right? Where if and when, knock on wood, Trump goes down, he'll take everybody down with him the way Joe Exotic is trying to do. Don't right. you think? Right. Yeah. 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 His run for office was wild because it was like, well, sure. He could, he could win. He could be, he could be yeah, governor. Right. And the fact that he was in third place, I'm like this, I don't like where this is going. Cause I didn't really know anything about where it ended. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's rough. You know, I, I don't understand the motivations of a Dylan passage either. Yeah. I don't either. Um, fame. Maybe. It's like dream bigger. Fame. Is, is that fame? I don't know. Yeah. I supp- I mean, if you're in rural, Oklahoma, it's it. I'm sure it lifts you in some way out of. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yikes. So I, I met Rob uh, like I don't know maybe a year ago. We were on. Yeah, this is like one degree together. of. Uh, yes, I know that. Yeah, and it was and, the uh, Real Housewives of uh, Atlanta or New York, or Be- Beverly Hills, right? I think Beverly Hills. Yeah. 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 Um, he had so many powerful insights. He's, he's such a doll. And I know. Are you, has he drug you down into that muck or are you? He drug me into, I got into Atlanta for a while because um, okay. he had worked on the new normal with uh, Nene Leakes. And, yes. And so I think right around that time, he, he sort of got into it, uh, into watching Atlanta. So I got into that with him for a while um, and then I watched a little bit of uh, Beverly Hills when Eileen Davidson was on because Eileen and I worked together. And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But um, one of the greats. Yeah. Yeah. She's phenomenal. One Both of the few um, grown ups in the, in the room. Yeah. Which is really interesting the way that. The way that played out, I think, on, on camera, she she didn't quite fit in because she was a grown up, you know. And did you also ever work with Lisa Rinna, were you ever on, did you ever cross with her on days or? I never, no. I never worked with Lisa Rinna, but she used to host a, a show called Soap Talk, which was uh-huh. around maybe like 15 years ago. She was the host of that. And I was a guest on that show. So I had met her before. Another one of the greats. Uh, but, yeah. And by the way, I really, I do like, I forget that the queen's name who did Lisa on Snatch Game. Yes. Not the, did not you guys, the strongest impression. It wasn't great. I mean, the impression wasn't great, but I I, I did appreciate the the commitment to... Yes. She found the jokes, you know? Yes. And uh, that was a great... You know, the whole Harry Hamlin bit is is pretty funny. So... Yeah. yeah. That's Lisa. That yeah. Uh, Greg, were you a soap person before becoming a soap person? I was not. I, no. Okay. No, I, I always... Um, I wasn't. I... I would watch the soaps like if I was homesick from school, but my mom wasn't a big, you know, put the record the shows every day. And I think if she had been a bigger soap fan, I'm sure I would have been because my mom and I watched a lot of TV together. But uh, so I think I had I would watch Price is Right. And when it was over, if I was sick and too tired to you know change the channel, I'd end up watching Young and Restless. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Can you kind of take us back to the time of of, of landing the role on Y and R? Like, wh- wh- what was the audition process like? Where were you? You know, sort of in in life and in career. Sure. Um, I had just gotten dumped by my first boyfriend. Oh wow! Yeah, and you guys know how that goes, right? You feel uh, yeah. the first heartbreak is is the, is the worst. How long so was the I relationship? Was, it was two years, but when you're twenty four, twenty five, however old I was. 
That's oh, sick. Wow. That's a long time. That's huge. And we were, yeah, and we were living together. We had a cat together. It was, it was the real deal. So, I was pretty heartbroken, and I had just wrapped a, uh, e- e- uh, like a half season run on Dawson's Creek, and so I was unemployed. I was needing to get an apartment. It was not a great time, um, personally, and and the job came along. Uh, the audition came along. I should say for like a 10 episode arc in the summer. And my manager was like, do it. You need the money. You're, there's nothing else happening. It's, it's, it's summertime. What do you have to lose? So I went in and the character needed to be really angry uh, in the audition. Mm -hmm. And I had so much, it was just, you know, bubbling under the surface um, that it was the only audition I have ever had. I, the audition went fine. And when I went back for the callback, it's truly the only time I ever left a room in probably over a thousand auditions in my career where I was like, I just booked that role. It's the only time I ever yeah. So, uh, so it was supposed to be a, a short stint of a uh, few weeks. And, um, and I guess they liked what I did and they were like, Hey, well, can we keep them around for uh, a few months? And at that point I had drank the Kool-Aid and that turned into a year. And then that turned into four. And then I was there f- until uh, steadily until, I guess 2017. So that was a pretty good run. And then I got let go, which wasn't so fun. And then right. um, the guy that fired me got fired. Poor, how unfortunate for him. And yeah. then they brought me back. <laughs> so it's kind of funny the way it all worked out. Yeah. And where are you? How how far in advance did, how is it working production wise with the, the quarantine? With the, we we probably had about six or seven weeks worth of shows uh, in the can, and I think they're doing classic episodes on Fridays. So rather than burning through five shows a week, we're only burning through four, which will buy us right. a little bit of time. And who knows? I don't know if they're trying to get creative over there and figuring out what to do if this does go on longer. Like, did you hear about that CBS show All Rise that's doing, a, I think, a Zoom episode or something? Yeah. Oh, I did not. So, oh, wow. I, I imagine they'll figure something out if they have to. Right. Right. Yeah. Love to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what about you guys? Why are you, what, uh, what else are you binging on during this quarantine? Hmm. Matt, I've got, I, I'm the, the usual, your, your Vanderpump rules is your, uh, housewives stuff. We did tiger King. We are doing little fires everywhere. Um, what's what's Little Fires Everywhere? Little Fires Everywhere is the Hulu show with Reese Witherspoon and Kerry Washington. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's based on a book that I did not read, but is like a beloved novel from a couple years ago. And um, it's like not it, it's it's not quite Big Little Lies, which I loved, but I'm just kind of like I don't care. I'm 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 just happy to see them. You know what I mean? I'm happy to be with them. Is that is that Reese Witherspoon on your calendar? Oh, I'm I do, so or sorry. is that Jennifer yep. Aniston? No, it's Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> okay. Which is a full obsession. If I did a, a 180, you'd see a lot more Jen. Got it. Got it. It's nothing but Jen. Yeah. Mine is um, um mine is Sybil Shepherd. Oh ah, yeah. Great. And has been since since childhood. Wow. It really does yeah, all come back to moonlighting. I know. Yeah. Moonlighting was Moonlighting's the show that made me be like, oh, I want to do what they do. Because as much as they didn't like each other, it sure did look like they were having fun. Especially when yeah. they broke the fourth wall. 
Oh, the show was absolutely brilliant. I know. We didn't know how good we had it. Yeah, right? It, and it holds up. I mean, minus some of the hairstyles and, and wardrobe, the, yeah. the dialogue holds up. The shoulder so well. pads are aggressive. Oh, yes. And she's so yeah. broad-shouldered anyway. She did not need those shoulder pads. No, but, no. Cool. Uh, but yeah, I find myself fully reaching back to my youth. Um, yeah. It's all old sitcoms. It's all Cheers mm-hmm. and Mary Tyler Moore. And um, we finally started Schitt's Creek, which is great. I watched, actually, I left that out. I watched all, uh, not season six, but I I had seen half of season one. I watched four and a half seasons of that while I was alone. Wow. Which was a, wow. yeah, such a great show. You got some great work done. I did, well, <laughs> thank you. You were suffering, I, I recognize I do, that, I feel like I need to catch up on my, I, I'm really lagging in my reality TV department, though. So I should probably, okay. you know. There's no shortage. Vanderpump, no, I know. really no. not. And I feel Did like you this is ending anytime soon. No. Okay. I do recommend the circle. What's the circle? It's quick. You're in, you're out. Yeah. Um, and it's, How many it's episodes? weirdly fascinating. The Pardon? circle. I'm writing it down. How many episodes? The circle. It's on Netflix. And I think there are eight episodes, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Twelve? Did you guys, no did you guys watch? 12. Goes did down guys- easy and is, is, is a really fun ride. And then the ride's over and it's completely forgotten. Okay. Yeah. And what about Love is Blind? Did you guys watch that? I could not I get into did. it. I found everybody looked exactly the same. Oh. Um, that, but that I, was also because I was sort of watching it and also looking at my phone at the same time. So right, right, right. I, I, need, I need to give it my undivided attention. It's did a similar see- experience where it's very addictive and you, you, know, you, you binge on it quickly and then you're sort of disgusted with yourself afterward and why did I do it? And it's kind of your standard process. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the, that's part of it for me is like, you know, we we tops have like an hour a night, you know, like if we're really into if like an episode of Ozark ends and we're like, oh, my gosh, we can't not watch another one. There's a you really have to do the cost benefit of I'm going to be up at seven in the morning with my son yeah. and, and how how worth it is this one less hour of sleep. So right. I think that's part of why I, I, I don't watch more TV. I'd like to watch more TV. I watched a lot of TV growing up. And are one of you more likely to be the one to say, let's watch one more or let's not? Or- well, Rob, yes. Rob is usually the one to say, let's watch one more because he's, be- we, we, we kind of do a divide and conquer thing. And Monty gets up at seven. So one of us will get up with him at seven and the other one can sleep until eight or eight 30. And then we'll come down and, have some family time together, but then whoever was on call at seven gets relieved. But whoever woke up with Monty in the morning uh, has the evening off. So then, if Rob gets up with him, I'll be I'll be doing bath duty and um, you know story time and, and getting into bed. And I think Rob is I think Rob's better in the evening, and I'm a little better in the morning. So I take the bulk of the mornings. So he's usually the one to say, "Let's do another episode" because he gets to sleep until eight thirty. No, there you so. go. I know. So it's a pretty good system. I mean, for the most part, it works out pretty well. Although it's um, it's it's hard having a toddler at home all the time. Well, sure, all yeah. the time, yeah. and no no nanny during the duration. We do have her because oh, you do. Okay, good. Yeah, which um, which was a little touch and go in the beginning, but when I was sick, Rob, you know, Rob needed the help. I was quarantined, and both he and Monty were fine. And I think the rationale was if she was, 
if she had, she would have already been exposed to me because I was asymptomatic when I was, when I was, I'm sure already sick. And then by the time I was symptomatic, I was quarantined and and I hadn't been around Monty or Rob. So we felt, I think we, he couldn't have gotten through those few weeks without uh, a little help because it is, it's a full-time job when it's easy and and these circumstances are not easy. So, so yeah, so we got, I'm I'm glad that you had her. Yeah. Same. Same. Um, I I do have one uh, quarantine viewing suggestion for you. Okay. Beyond the circle. Okay. Beyond the circle. And this is, this is, this is a broad category. Okay. Um, This is a thing that under normal circumstances, I absolutely hate, but the the terrible per- when you go to see a band that you like or when you go to see a mm-hmm. show and somebody in front of you has their iPhone up it's yeah. terrible behavior it's awful antisocial behavior and i can't stand it however yeah, yeah, yeah. they then upload those videos to youtube and suddenly you you can see like bands and artists and shows that you like from around the globe and the picture and the sound is actually pretty good so, are you so going i'm treating like myself yeah, I'm just searching YouTube for my favorite artists, and suddenly, I'm like, it's an in-store appearance they did in Tokyo, you know, oh. seven years ago, and it's like the video's actually really good, and we need it. Yeah, well, there's, there's a, yeah, I get it. Right. There's also like, a, haven't there been a bunch of people doing, you know, John Legend? I saw on Instagram was doing like live oh, yeah. shows and stuff like that. So. Tons of DJs are are doing sets from their apartments. Rod Thomas, friend of the show, uh, does a Saturday afternoon dance party from his apartment in the East Village. All nice. that stuff is is great. And then there's Rufus also Rufus Wainwright whatever... is is doing. Oh, sorry to interrupt you. Rufus no, no. Wainwright's doing sort of a song of a day, I think, oh. on Instagram. Yeah. Are you guys yeah. doing a lot of virtual? Are you doing any virtual happy hours or anything like dinners? Uh, with your just friends about every night. Just really? about every night. Yeah. I um, have always known that I was an extrovert. I did not realize until a couple weeks ago that it was a full medical condition uh, that requires like it it it's, it requires effort and work. So yeah, so I'm I'm yeah I'm doing that nearly every night via house party. What's house party? It's like Zoom, but it's more it's it's like more geared towards social rather than work rather than you know a conference call. There's like trivia games. They're they're not good, but they're like trivia games that you can play and all that kind of thing. That's fun. It is. Are are, are you guys doing a lot of uh, social Zooms? We're doing like a few, um, but it's hard because a lot of our friends have kids and we're trying to connect and, you know, the kids are running around in the background. Um, I did one last week with uh, some of the parents at Monty's school. And, um, and he does a zoom, Monty does a zoom session every day with his classmates, which I guess tries to normalize things a little bit. And then I think we're going to, I think, uh, Rob and I are going to zoom with, uh, or, you know, do a happy hour tonight with, uh, Dave and Larry, who I think, you know, right, Dave? Yeah. 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 Dave Monahan, yeah. Larry Sullivan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess we're starting to Valley village. <laughs> Is that where you are too? I am. Nice. I, in fact, just around the corner from Jackson Brittany of uh, Vanderpump Rules. Oh, no way. The, the, the Vanderpump Rules cast has apparently infiltrated our neighborhood. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. going to be great. I wonder how they're holding values. up. You have to wonder how they're holding up. 
I, I have found uh, with social seen. zooms, like I have a similar experience to like social normal life socializing where like I'm excited when it gets planned. Then when it's the day of, I feel a certain sense of dread and like, I don't even, I just want to watch TV. I don't want to, you know, it's funny how quickly we sort of adapt and, right. but I, but I, once I'm doing it, I, I'm always so glad that I did much like when you force yourself to go to dinner with a friend, even though you kind of just wanted to sit on the couch. Yeah. I think I, I, I'm sort of more in that camp where if I'm working, I am very extroverted. I love, you know, talking to people at work, but if I have a day where, where I'm not, I can go through the whole day without, without talking to anybody and I'm okay with that. So I think sometimes I need that push. And then once I, I have the push, I'm, I'm happy to, to, be a person in the world, you know? Right. 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 <clears throat> let's, uh, so let's talk about, uh, let's talk, you, you are, you are married. I'm married. How long, how long uh, have you been married? Um, I think we got, we got married in 2015. So uh-huh. gosh, almost five years. Wow. And we've been together since. How long since, have you been? Okay. Uh, <laughs> beat you to it. Um, since, uh, let's see, I think this is our. I think September will be 15 years okay. that we've been together. Oh, wow. Yeah. How did you meet? Oh, it's a pretty good meet cute. We um, we met at a, a 4th of July party um, in North Hollywood, Valley Village adjacent, um, in, uh, in 2005. And I was there with somebody else. Um, not somebody that I was dating seriously, but I was there with someone that I was seeing, right? And had been, you know dating like a series of like not so great guys in a row. Um, but just passing the time, you know, like you do in your late twenties. And, um, and then I was at this party. I saw Rob from like across the room and he's like the sweetest eyes. And we locked eyes right away. And instantly I was like, that's a good guy over there. I want to talk to him. So we ended up chatting for a while and, and he was charming and sweet. But again, I was there with somebody else. So towards the end of the night, when he was about to leave, he came over to me and asked me out. But I was standing next to a friend of the guy that I was with. So I was like, fuck, what do I do? And I kind of blew Rob off with the intention of running outside as fast as I could to say, hey, I'm here with somebody else, but here's my number. Yeah. So I run outside to give him my number and he's gone. Right? Oh, shit. Which is devastating. To the point where, like, that was probably on a Saturday night. Like, the next week when I was talking to friends, I was like, I met this guy. I didn't get his last name. He was really sweet. I don't know how to find him. This is before before social media, really, right? I think um, yeah. maybe maybe Friendster was around, but I had tried to search for him some way, but I only knew his first name. So cut to a couple of months later, and again, 2005, everybody was on instant messenger remember and i was chatting with one of my friends on instant messenger and he's telling me the story about how i I went out with this guy rob a couple of times i don't know if it's going anywhere he hasn't called me back blah 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 and i said well tell me about him he said well he's an actor and a writer and he has his own website so he links me the website and as soon as i clicked on it i'm like that's the guy that's the guy from the party (laughs) so there's a contact me link on the top of his website but before i do that (laughs) I go back to my friend and I'm like, so when you say you don't think it's going anywhere, like, tell me more about that. 
And he's like, well, we, we've hung out like two or three times. The last time was like a week ago. I haven't heard back from him. And I was like, okay. So I waited like another few days and then checked back in with uh, the friend that had gone out with Rob. I was like, so you're sure this is like a done deal, right? He's like, yeah, moving on. So right when I heard, heard that, I, I reached out to Rob and was like, we met at this party. I'm really sorry if I was like, if I blew you off, I didn't mean to. Here's why. And then we it, it uh, may just interrupt do, by by reaching out. Do you mean hitting send on the email that you had already written? That I had already, of course. Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> yes. Good, good, good. Which, good. um, good, which, which, um, and you know what? Like, I'm not the most romantic person. I don't know that Rob is, but I know that he, it's sweet. Like, he still has that email, which is pretty, Aww. pretty sweet. However, once we had gone out a few times and I was like, okay, this thing might have legs. I, I reached out to the friend who had gone out with Rob previously. And I was like, hey, let's go out. Let's go grab a coffee. And I was like, best case scenario, he's going to be fine. Worst case scenario, he might have a little, um, some bad feelings. But I didn't steal his boyfriend. I reached out to someone he'd gone out with a few times. Well, it went as badly as it could have gone. And oh, no. Yeah, he was like, it's me or him. I was like, you or him? I was like, you guys went out three times. Um, I'm choosing him. <laughs> and uh, and then I've run into him a few times over the years, and I've always been surprised that I haven't gotten an apology. Being like, hey, you know what? I might have overreacted. Clearly, you were onto something in thinking that you uh, that there might be something there between you and him in a way that it wasn't there for he and I, but yeah, no such Oof. luck. Wow. Yeah. 15 years and a child later. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. He's still hoping you'll choose him. (laughs) (laughs) How, uh, and you guys, how long have you uh, been partnered up? I know, are you both partnered up? I know you are, Dave. Uh, Yeah. Uh, 15 years for us. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 15 years uh, last month. 15 years the day the quarantine started, actually. Oh, gosh. Yeah, Congratulations. Ben, ben was like this guy Rob. I was dating, uh, <laughs> blew me off for some after. So, oh my god, could you imagine? We, um, I have been with Michael for six and a half, maybe six and a half since our first date. So, wow, yeah, cool. You're entering into the the hard part. <laughs> yeah, was yeah. that was right? Seven was seven seven through nine was was dicey for us, but we got through it. Yeah, I mean it is for it, it is for everybody. It's pretty it's pretty cliche, but you know, there's a so it gets real pretty for, quickly uh, for pushing through. Well, for us, it was therapy, and um, yeah, and I think recognizing that there was there was some bad, but there was enough good worth fighting for, and um, and also having the wherewithal to know what what are you going to do? You're going to, you know cash in and start over and then seven years later deal with the same problem with somebody else because it's just that it's really just sort of like you know you're getting into uh, you know you're getting into the the sort of most intimate deepest parts of your relationship and really sort of for us it was um you know just being honest in a way that we hadn't been before and i don't know i think there's 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 something healthy in going through the bad times. It kind of makes you see what you're made of in a way that you don't have mm-hmm. to really face when things are great. So, yeah. Can you talk us through your coming out 
process um, and sort of how it uh, intersects with being a, you know, a public person? Um, yeah. I guess uh, I was listening, I, I listened to Tuck's, um, your interview with Tuck, mm-hmm. and it, it, um, it mirrors that somewhat in that I don't think I, I was never in you know, I, I wasn't professionally out, but anyone that knew me at work knew that I was gay. Um, but there was, there was a professional fear, right? Because um, I started my career, I started working in the, you know, early 2000s. And I had a casting executive tell me once, drunk at a party, I'm not going to say her name, that she could never knowingly cast a gay man as a romantic lead. And when you are auditioning for romantic leads, that's a, that's a pretty devastating thing to hear and, and creates like such inner turmoil, right? Because I felt authentic in my life yet professionally um, felt like I had to kind of keep this wall up, which as we all know, gets in, gets in your way creatively and, um, so, so it was, it was, it was somewhat tricky and there was certainly some professional fear about what if I do this and, and if I'm out publicly, will I work? Um, but then, I don't know, I guess the, the more time that went on and the longer I was on Young and the Restless and more like I felt, uh, an integral part of that. I, I, I felt job security, frankly, I think kind of helped make that decision easier for me. And then it was right around the time that uh, Prop 8 passed, that uh, or uh, not Prop 8, um, uh, the Defense of Marriage Act, uh, where I was like, hey, this is, this is, this, this feels like a cultural shift and I kind of want to say something and, and, and be a part of it. And so I think I, I, I tweeted a picture of Robin myself saying that we weren't going to get married anytime soon, but we were celebrating nonetheless. And, um, I guess that was my, that was my coming out. And were you ever, oh. were you concerned about the response? I mean, I, I think as we know, people of all stripes, uh, are daytime soap fans, but I think there is sort of a certain, um, cliche in our minds sure. about the, yes. who the viewers are. Yeah. And the, and the fantasies that they have about the, the characters that they're watching. Yeah. Um, maybe a little bit, but I also, I, I was never, I've never been the Lothario on that show. I'm the computer geek, you know? And, um, you know, he is heterosexual, but he's not, you know, he's not, um, he's not going through all the ladies in Genoa city. So, so it wasn't, it wasn't a huge concern that way. And frankly, he's always been kind of unlucky in love. So I thought maybe this kind of would open a different avenue for him, which, which it didn't, but that's fine. And, uh, yet, but I get, yeah, exactly. But I did get to play a gay character on days of our lives and that was super fun. Um, so yeah. What is that like? Like just jumping onto a show that's been going on for decades. Um, it was a little scary, uh, because they're such well-oiled machines, right. And we move so quickly that any, any time, uh, I've worked a little bit, uh, doing guests spots on primetime shows while I was on Young and Restless. And and so I knew, I already knew the experience of what it's like to go into somebody else's home 
when you're walking onto an established set where there's a rapport amongst everybody, it can be a little intimidating. So I was always like, hey, whenever there's someone here for just a few days or even just a few lines, like I'm going to go out of my way to try and make them feel comfortable because we move so fast and it is, uh, it can be an intimidating experience. So, um, so I kind of like already knew when I going over to days that it could feel like that. Um, and, and it did just in that I was the new guy and it's like when you're a kid, it's going to a new school and having to make new friends and meet your teachers and all that. So Mm. it's a little scary, but you have to, you have two choices, right? You either like jump on board the moving train or they'll tell you to go home and they'll get somebody else who can do it. Right. So you and Rob had been together for about a decade before getting married. Mm -hmm. So what, what was the proposal? Was there a proposal? How did it work? It was, we knew we were going to, I think we had already started um, the process of, of our, our surrogacy journey. I don't know if we, I don't think we were pregnant yet, but we were, we were waiting to match with the surrogate. So for me, it was more prag, uh, of a pragmatic decision. Like we, um, we both had uh, some time off in the beginning of May and I was like, hey, we should uh, we should utilize this time and take a vacation. So we went to Hawaii. And while we were planning our vacation, I was like, should we get married? And it was that's it was it was that. And so while it was a pragmatic decision and that's how it all started, we sort of got a little more wrapped up in it as we started planning it. We hired a uh, you know, there's a million elopement uh, companies in Maui. So we just hired somebody to um, uh, to marry us and we got a ukulele player and then our friend Nicole, uh, helped us, you know, pick out some coordinating outfits. And, and I think as, as it got closer, I think I really got kind of roped up in the, in the romantic part of why people get married and understood it in a way that I didn't before, you know? But Do you think family it's, and it's friends did not. Your, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, I was just going to ask. Family and friends did not come. This was an elopement. They, yeah, we eloped. Family and friends didn't come. Um, and then it wasn't until uh, my son's baby shower where we we had a party in our backyard and probably had seventy or eighty people there that I. Because I would always say, I, I've, I don't, I'm sure you guys know women who are given the option by their dads of, here's X amount of money, and you and your fiance can use this for whatever you want, a down payment on a house, or whatever. Or you can have the big wedding that you want. And they all choose the big wedding. And I've never understood that. Part of that is probably being a gay man, and, and or just being a man, and never growing up fantasizing about what your wedding looks like. But it wasn't until my son's baby shower where... Rob and I were the guests of honor, surrounded by people we love, that I got it. I was like, mm, this is, granted, it's over in a in a heartbeat, but I understand why people want to celebrate milestones with, with the people that they love. Yeah. Right? Do, has marriage sense? changed your relationship, do you, do you think? Yes. Yeah, for sure. It feels different saying my husband versus my partner or my boyfriend um i think you know even when we fight i don't i don't think either of us are ever like 
no one's going anywhere, right? Unless yeah. something catastrophic happens. Um, but uh, yeah, I feel closer to him, especially now. The last, I think having two weeks of quarantine time, really, uh, I had way too much time on my hands to just sort of contemplate life and what it's all about and what's important and what isn't. And, and I feel really connected and close to him now and fortunate. So you had two weeks of sort of being in a long distance relationship, not being able to be in the same room. Yeah. Which can really rekindle some stuff. Um, Yeah. Although there's, there's also a tricky thing about even after, like, is it safe to kiss? Can we be intimate? Yeah. And and that took a little longer than, you know, than the following morning. But we're getting right. Yeah. <laughs> Greg, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, guys. Well, this for was being really there. Fun. We're well, yeah. all in our homes. I know. But you know yeah. what I mean. Um, well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And Dave, I want to make sure I don't forget to say thank you again for your oh, generous sure. offer. That was really, really kind. So Please. Least we can do. Yeah, we nice. are so glad that you're healthy and uh, and and tell Rob that we're coming for him next. So we're going to get the great. other side of the story. Uh oh, yeah. no, I'm not. I'm not telling him anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he'd be a great guest. So I will tell him for sure. And uh, thank you again, guys. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Craig, thank you. Caleb, I, I, I'm speechless that you're here. <laughs> I'm, I'm starstruck. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. We've had some, some heavy hitters in here. I've heard. I've yeah. never, I don't, that's just a humble brag about this show, but I just mean <laughs> to say that I've never been this starstruck. Stop. Never, <laughs> you have to It's stop. true. It's true. What if I got mad and I was like, quit? <laughs> I got completely dramatic about it. Thank you. That's very nice. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for being here. We're hanging on your every word on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. waiting for a new installment <laughs> at all times. Yeah. Um, it's it, This is an exciting time to be Caleb. Is it's, it not? It's a fun It's a fun time to be Caleb. People mm-hmm. are, people are getting, like, I like that people are investing in it. People are like replying. Anything I tweet that's not the Jonathan thread, yeah. people are replying and being like, more videos. And I'm like, oh, you guys, <laughs> <laughs> this one's just about lunch. Yeah. Oh, I love it. We were talking before about you being in LA and going to meetings and LA people just assuming that there's like a treatment or that there's oh, a plan. Yeah, like a big and, yeah. strategy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like you knew this, like you, like you roll it out. And so how do you decide when you're going to, and I'm like, there's no rollout. I just put it up when I feel like it. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, we'll get into all things, yeah. Jonathan. Um, so let's talk about pop culture stuff. What mm-hmm. did you watch on the plane on the way over? Well, on the plane on the way over, I slept. Okay. The whole way. Cause it was like a 5 a.m. flight. Um, but I am, I, I recently finished uh, Righteous Gemstones. Uh-huh. Have y'all seen it? No. It's so good. It's, uh, I love John Goodman, so I watch anything that he's in. Um, but it's him and Danny McBride and um, a, a bunch of other people that are, it, it's a great show. It's really good. Okay. Um, and what else am I watching? I'm, watch, I'm rewatching Grey's Anatomy. Wow. Yeah. Rewatching. Rewatching. I don't know why. A commitment this a is. A commitment this is. I love it. It's like I've seen it. I've watched it like two times um, up to where I was. You know what I mean? Like I've watched two through all the way on Netflix. 
Um, I just love to have it on in the background. It is, is it is soothing. Yeah, which is bizarre, right? Because they're like cutting and yelling, and they're like it's surgery. But yeah. it's like you just tune it out. Yeah. But are you are you watching it currently as well as it's airing, or you're no. saving that for? I I really just watch through like whatever's on Netflix. I can't keep up with things, and it stresses me out to try. Right. So I'm not watching what's currently on TV. Well, who has the time when we're watching? When we're on third cycle of Grey's Anatomy. Right. right. Who has the time? You got to rewatch the things you've seen three times. So you don't care when there are spoilers if you see spoilers online about what's happening. Oh no. Currently, no. Do you you know that Karev is gone? Is gone. Leaving. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I feel like good. I mean, it's been so long. As an like, I mean, as a person who loves the show, I'm like, oh, that's sad. I really like his character. Like, I think it's an interesting character. But as an actor, I'm like, oh, that's so long to do one job. Very right. long. It's a long time. I'm like, good for him. That's exciting. I hope there's something else exciting coming. And it's also, yeah, it, it, it's sad, but it's shocking that any of them are still doing it. Yeah. It's been 15 years or something? Yeah, it's Lord. so long. It's insane. Yeah. Oh. Is, uh, is, Dr. Gray still on the show? She is. Ellen Pompeo still on the show? She's around. Of course. Wow. Um, What else is in your queue? Just that? Oh, watching. I I watch a lot of movies. I don't watch a lot of TV. Mm. Um, I have been, I'm trying to get to the circle. Okay. People are talking about the circle and I'm trying to get to it. I have not gotten there yet. Okay. But everyone's loving it. It's It's incredible. Yeah? Yeah, I can't even... (laughs) Put my finger on why. It's exactly the kind of thing I don't like yep. generally, mm-hmm. but I love it. I, yeah. yeah, I would say it is not good. But okay. yeah, yeah, decidedly. Decidedly, yeah, decidedly not good. A yeah. bad show. But loved it, blew right through it. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. it comes in, It's it's. Uh, that's not the one that's on every day. That's Love Island. Right? That is Love Island. Oh. Yeah. So the circle is... Uh, Just 12 episodes on Netflix. Oh, nice. It's, all, it's yeah. all out there. Manageable. Nice. Yeah. Manageable. I love that. You get to it when you get to it. I and like Grey's Anatomy, good music cues. Yeah, like you'll hear a, a song that you actually like mm-hmm. that you don't expect mm-hmm. to hear, and I need that. You do need. that. I need good music. In a we show. all need that. What movies have you seen lately that you loved or didn't love? Oh gosh. Uh, well, I'm kind of a. I'm. I'm kind of. I. I kind of have an uncritical eye when I watch. If I watch anything in theaters, I generally like it, mm. just because it's fun. It's fun to be in a big room with yeah. other people. Um, so like, I'll watch it with my friends who are like you know, screenwriters or, or filmmakers or um, people who are very serious about film and they'll leave and be like, I thought, I don't know, I didn't feel like the themes were conveyed. And I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I had fun. Um, but I loved Parasite. Yeah. Uh, so freaking good. I really was surprised to like Honey Boy a lot. I thought Honey yeah. Boy with Shia LaBeouf was, was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of my favorites has been Little Women. Oh, yeah. I had such a, I had such a fun time with Little Women. Okay. Me too. And are you invested in awards? No. No. No, I used to be, but I think I, I think like when I was in college, I was really into award shows. I was like, my favorite thing needs to win. Mm. And then I feel like I just got, I just got tired. I was just like, this doesn't, this isn't really about, you know, it, yeah, it's not it's about fun. what I like. I'm not voting. So I, I get given up yet. Yeah, I'm not voting yet. Soon they'll make me president of the biz. Obviously. <laughs> uh, did you watch the Grammys just last night? I saw like little clips and I heard reviews from friends. Mm-hmm. I, I saw a little bit of Tyler, the creator's performance. Bananas. Completely deranged. Yeah. Um, unwell in a fun way. Yeah. And <laughs> then I went to dinner, but I heard that uh, the, sh- the show was stolen by Demi Lovato. Oh, is that right? I don't know about that. You don't feel that way? Yeah, I thought she was okay. I'm going to I'm gonna tell my friends that you said this. Okay. Because they felt that way. Found it a little shouty. Shouty. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Obviously a great voice. Yeah. And and like an emotional moment and everything like that. But after a while it was like, okay. Yeah, you were like, you, you were feeling the weight of it. I was. Yeah. Yeah. 
I didn't see it. Other highlights? Lizzo. Yeah. Yeah. I'm t- I'm tired of people saying the word bitch with a smile. Let's put that away. You don't like bitch with a smile. I just yeah, I just let's stop stop calling me bitch. It's yeah. been a long time. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even if we, it's can, Lizzo? we can retire that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I feel like we can we can leave that to to the past. To posterity. You think it belongs to 2012? Uh, or, I do. Earlier. Earlier, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, no, she was great. Of course, she's always great. Yeah. She's great. Um, a, a flute descended from the skies. And she <laughs> played it, and it was great. it was beautiful. Uh, I think my favorite was Lil Nas X. Mm. And, I, and I had never heard that song before. I know it's like the longest running number one of all time, but I've just never – Heard it. What was the song you did? Old Town Road. Oh, sure, sure. Oh, yeah. Never heard Old Town I'd Road. I never heard Old Town Road. I, I, I've heard the the hook, uh-huh. but I'd never start to finish listen to the entire song. Spent time with the song. Old never Town spent Road. time with the song. Yeah. Uh, and it was great. I loved it. And he is out gay? He is. Yes. yes. Very important to me. Yeah. I love him. You do. And like, and really joyous and exuberant and yeah. nerdy. And, and it was, he was, a, he was a dream. He's having fun. I feel like a lot of people are not generally are just not having fun, and yeah. he is always having so much fun. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, who else do you love music wise? Oh, I listen to a lot of. I'm like, uh, I'm always listening to like Sam Smith, Adele, mm-hmm. like um, you know, sad. I guess sad British singers. You like to have <laughs> your got, heart. I guess that's where I'm shattered into a million. Pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really do. Um, it's very Grey's Anatomy. Very yeah. Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, I'm I'm living in that space a lot. Yeah, um, but I love like Lake Street Dive. Um, Me too. They're amazing. And anything that sounds like that, I'm like, I'm in for it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, their aesthetic led me to believe that I was not going to like them. Yeah. They look like a, like they kind of dress old timey for fun. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to get behind this. Right. Yeah. I thought I was in for like uh, a cute white girl with a ukulele, like doing a rap song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. I can't, I can't, all, with bitch uh, belongs in the, the earlier part of mm. last decade. I'm seeing now what you're seeing. Yes. You get it. Yes. yes. Yeah. It that, looks- and they've, they've, They've updated their look a little bit. Yeah, because they in in earlier like um, exhibits of their look, they looked mm-hmm. like when you would go to like one of those Western parlors and do a photo shoot. Totally. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to do it. Totally. But her voice is it's incredible. It's just un- it's unreal. When I am running, the song "You Go Down Smooth" yes will put the mm. wind at my back. It's Bad my cell power portraits. Song. Bad cell portraits. Also great. a great like moving song. Great running biking. Love it. Love it. Um, where are you from originally? I'm from Missouri. Where? Uh, north of Kansas City, a town called Chill Coffee. Okay. Do you I'm know Missouri? St. Louis. Okay. Hello, St. Louis. Thank yeah. you. What part? Uh, like West County. Okay. Suburbs. Yeah, yeah. 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 I didn't spend a ton of time in St. Louis, but um, I was closest to Kansas City, but we were even still very small, far from that. It's yeah. Very small place. Okay. Yeah. I, we have, I have a, there's a Chill Coffee right by my town in Ohio. There's a Chill Coffee, Ohio. There's a Chill, there's lots of Chill Coffees, and I know this because when I would watch the news for school closures, it would always be the other Chill Coffees in mm. other states <laughs> first, mm. and it would it was kind of um, gaslighting to me. <laughs> I was like, we're not getting out until Ohio does. Um, and so then, when did you go to Chicago? Well, I stayed. Um, I grew up in Missouri. I was there my whole childhood, and then I stayed there for school. Um, so I went to Missouri State. Um, big brag, go mm-hmm, Bears! Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, uh, when I graduated in uh, May of 2017, I moved to Chicago. So it's been like two years. Oh my god, you're a baby! I am. I turned 25 on Friday. Happy <sighs> birthday! Yeah, turned or you turn? Turned. Uh, what did you do for your birthday? Ago. 
Well, I flew here, mm-hmm. and then I um, uh, hung out with some friends. I what did I what did we do that night? I went to I went to dinner with my friend um, my friend Shelby Wolsey and my friend Molly Carney, both great comedians. And then I went to bed, and I loved it. Went great. to dinner, went to bed. Great, great, perfect for me. Listen, my ideal night. Yeah, all you I need is dinner. dinner. You don't need to go wild. Yeah, a long long day of traveling. You need dinner in bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so were you like in in the improv scene immediately when you moved to Chicago? Yeah, that was the idea. I I never did like high school theater or performance stuff until college. And then like halfway through college, I was like, I'll try improv. I thought I was going to go to law school, was tired, tried improv. And then, you know, I did that the rest of college. And I was like, I'll go to Chicago. People are doing this there. And it mm. sounds like fun. So in so halfway through co- the first half of college, you still thought I'm going to law school. Yeah, just like preparing for law school. I was like legitimate. This is so embarrassing. Um, edit this out. I was just I was like studying for the LSAT as like a freshman in college. Yeah, I was like serious about it. But then I was too serious about it. And I was like, this I'm not. This isn't me. <laughs> so I gave it up. And then I did. I started doing improv and stand up and comedy stuff. And how did your family take that? My family is uh, generally like very hands off in general. Like I feel like everything I've ever announced to them, they've been like, cool. They're like, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I think, I think there are definitely people in my family who are like, not a lot of people in my family go to college. Um, so I think there are a lot of people in my, especially university. So I think there are a lot of people that were like, oh, we thought you were going to do the whole thing, mm-hmm. but um, they're fine with it. I mean, generally it's not a better be, it's yeah. not a big deal. Do you hear from them uh, with your videos? Do they... Are they invested in your story? Really? I don't think they know what's happening. They're not, none of them are on Twitter. No. Um, I don't think they know what's happening. I'll tell them sometimes about things going on in comedy, like, uh, you know, an audition I'm excited about or, uh, you know, whatever, like, um, then maybe they see an article about my videos on Facebook that I share or something. But I think generally they're just like, they're like, cool. Sounds like fun. I, it has no cultural, a a good example is that I, one time Chrissy Teigen quote tweeted a video of mine Uh and was, it was like, I feel this or whatever. It was, uh, I, I told my mom, I was like, Chrissy Teigen quote tweeted one of my videos, like my face, like my, a, a video of my face talking, Chrissy Teigen, yeah, yeah. like quote tweeted out into the world. My mom was like, I Googled her. She's very pretty. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's like the yeah. kind of connection we have. Perfect. To yeah. She's like, I don't know what most of those words mean. Yeah. yeah but I don't know what Twitter is. Don't know who any of these people are. So they're pretty disconnected from it. Right. What's good for them. Yeah. I would kill. So they're not going to learn what a podcast is. <laughs> I will send it to them. Okay. And I'll say, I talk on this. And maybe they'll listen. All right. Was Chrissy Teigen quote, quote tweeting you the peak of the experience so far? Um, no, the Chrissy is so great. She we she uh, quote tweeted the video and we talked a little bit. She so could not genuinely be nicer. The most exciting part of the Twitter stuff for me was uh, getting to talk to John Early. Oh, oh wow! I am just such. I'm such a big fan of John's, and I wrote a, a paper about his and Kate's web series Five 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 when I was in undergrad. Oh, wow. And I uh, got to send it to him and I was like, you have to read this. It's during, it was like, it was like, uh, very earnest and like very, um, gratuitous, like very kind and like excited, like fan lit. Uh Um, and I got to send it to him and it was, it was really fun. It's so wild. We're living in such a new world. Cause to me, John early is a, is a a fresh babe just out of school that there, the fact that there's like a younger batch Below him, who could be yeah. writing papers about him? And five, five, five is, is so still wild. very much on my to watch list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's so. And it feels good. like excellent. it just got there. <laughs> it's excellent. No, it's so, so good. He is the best. Yeah, he he and Kate both are just like so so funny to me. Like my favorite. Um. Why don't we take a quick break? Sure. We'll be right back with our favorite, Caleb. Wow. 
with Caleb. Hello again. Tried to take his headphones off, but guess what? Not going to work. It's not, not that kind of brick. We're in it. Yeah. So you talked about a we. Who are you traveling with? Uh, my friend Shelby. Okay. Uh, we, run a, we run a weekly show together in Chicago, and we're doing uh, shows together in L.A. and New York while we're, while we're out and about. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about the real Jonathan, the, all the Jonathans that have ever been in your life. Um, actually, we should go back for What was your coming out experience? My coming out experience? Um, I came out to a couple of close friends in high school. Um, I, I, like I said, I'm from a very small town in Missouri, so I was not ready to, I would, I knew I wasn't going to come out until I left. I was like, that's not uh, for me. There were other, there were two kids out at my high school though. Really? Um, yeah. We had, there were a hundred, maybe 10 kids in my graduating class and there were two people at the whole high school who were out. And, um, and they were, they accepted and, um, they, they had their, they had, they were like in theater. So they had like their community. I, it, it wasn't, I don't think it was, I don't know how it was for them. I, I don't think that everyone was, uh, they certainly weren't like prom king. You know right. what I mean? It wasn't like yeah. one of those things where it's like, this is exciting. Um, if anything, it was just not thought of, I hope for them. Um, but I came out to a couple friends in high school and then, um, the day my mom dropped me off to college, I, uh, came out to her. I was like, we got all my stuff in and I was like, and I'm bisexual. Bye. Yeah. Um, and I'm not bisexual, <laughs> but I was like soft, soft entry. Great. Yeah. Um, and then she left and then, um, yeah, I, I came out like a year later. Um, I just did a Facebook status. I was like, everyone, here you go. Wow. Yeah. By Facebook status. I couldn't do I called the people who needed to be. I called like my, my aunt, who I'm very close with. I called uh-huh. like my grandma. Um, by that point, everyone at school knew. So I had like everyone in my life that I was like presently spending a lot of time with mm-hmm. knew. Um, but then I was like, I can't. I just need I need this to be completely out so okay. I can be done with it. And yeah. across the board, family-wise, everyone was cool. Yeah, I'm really lucky. My, I, I think that there are maybe a couple of people who are like quietly like, mm, we're not sure, mm-hmm. um, but they're the minority. And so I think that it's like they got bigger stuff going on. So everyone's been pretty cool. That's very exciting. Man. I'm lucky. Yeah. And my mom's cool as cool as hell. Like she's the best. And then what was your first experience with dating and guys and um, I was, I was, oh boy, uh, <laughs> I was with a guy ish in high school. Um, but he was, I don't know. I don't know if he's in the closet or he's still not openly queer. I don't know if he like, if, if he is identifies as queer and at the time was just like, uh, you know, experimenting or what the thing was. Um, but he's, he's still not, uh, out. Um, if that's a thing that he, uh, is to be out about. Um, and that was that. And then the first time I, um, really like dated someone was in college and it was like short. Okay. Yeah. And since then, it's been like a lot of short things. So what who, – Jonathan is inspired by a, a real-life experience? Or? <laughs> Jonathan is inspired by – the idea of Jonathan. The, the weekend didn't yeah. happen. But Jonathan is inspired by this very nice guy that I was seeing for a while in Chicago. Um, very sweet, but like uh, – yeah, just always having kind of a like uh, off-putting – like the thing with the waiter is like a thing that would happen. Like we would be like – you know, I would be having a conversation with someone and he would be there and he would be like, uh, you know, he would throw the vibe off. Like he, he just had these like weird little moments where he's like, he's so sweet, but he's like not uh, getting it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And and he could not have been nicer, but it was just like this thing where I was like, man, I really wish this was going to work out. But um, he was always getting into stuff too. He always had like these incidents. He was always like, you know, running late because someone's car caught on fire or like uh, something crazy like that. 
And so I thought this is funny. Yeah. Does he have an inkling that this is happening? I don't, I don't think so. And I hope not because <laughs> it's not malicious either. It's not like, I mean, he's great. I hope he's doing great, but yeah. um, it just is funny. You know what I mean? It really, I mean, and he also, it's not, he comes across great. In yeah, the sweet. It's not even really story. about him. The thing, the yeah. story, the story isn't about Jonathan. It's about me. Yeah. It's a wild story. Yeah. <laughs> it is the, I am as an elder, someone who's sort of resisting the idea of like, that we consume entertainment on our phones and small bites and what is Quibi and like I'm on I'm on that bullshit. Yeah. But I mean, damn it if this isn't the best, most compelling show I've ever seen. I'm I'm having so much fun with it. It's wild to me that people are like engaged in it. That is still wild to me, but it's a lot of fun. What is the Chicago gay scene like for a Caleb? For a Caleb, where I you, where do you hang out? Well, for me, I don't know if like I, Chicago has a very vibrant gay scene. Yeah, lots of great drag queens and great gay spaces. Um, I'm not really involved with them, not for any particular. I'm just boring. I'm really boring. I like go. I do my shows. I I hang out with friends. I go to dinner. I like I have a fun weekend for me is legitimately like just hanging out at a coffee shop and like chilling, walking, maybe going on a bike ride. I which is like I sound like a, like I'm like in the 1950s, like Little House on the Prairie, but I, which is so far before the 1950s. <laughs> um, but I'm just like boring, so I feel like a lot of the gay spaces are very like uh, vibrant and fun and loud and like I'm also sober, so mm-hmm. a lot of the gay spaces are like uh, you know substance uh, involved mm. and. All that's cool. Sometimes I'll go to a gay bar, um, Berlin and Chicago. I'll go there sometimes. Sure. That's cool. But mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not that tapped into to queer culture okay. in terms of like uh, spaces. Right. You know, like pop culture. I'm like there. Yes. Yeah, sobriety, I would imagine. I mean, in my 20s, especially everything that I associate with like queer spaces was had to do with drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Um. But I would imagine there's also like a thriving sober queer community too. Yeah, I think a lot of uh, a lot there's a lot of like art spaces, like artsy artistic spaces that are like um, fun. Like people are hanging out and not necessarily drinking or doing drugs like all the time. Mm. But even those spaces are very like it's also a very like uh, drinking and and consuming kind of spaces, mm. which is like it's never something for me. It's just that I don't I don't enjoy it. Like it really doesn't make me feel good. Um, so I'm like, that's cool. Y'all can do it. It's not triggering to me is what I guess I mean. I think for some sober people, it's hard to be in those spaces yeah. a lot, but for me, it's just like, I'm just bored. Mm-hmm. And obviously only say what you're comfortable with, but what was your relationship to, to substances before? Uh, I mean, I drank, I drank in high school and college. Um, I've never really, drugs have never really been for me. I have, there are a lot of people in my family with, oh, he's saying something heavy. There are a lot of people in my family with, uh, or enough people in my family and close to me that had like addiction issues. And I just, from like a very young age was like, it's not going to oh, be for me. It's not going to be for me. Yeah. can't be for me. But I, I drank a decent amount in high school and college and it was fine. I feel like I was just doing it because I, you know, I wanted to be fun and I didn't know what else to do. And I felt uncomfortable if I wasn't like, you know, um, like if I wasn't doing what other people were doing hmm. and then like half maybe a year or two into college I was just like I can still go to these things like I would just go to parties and like drink a coke yeah. <laughs> I was like that's fine too um yeah you were really you had a real self-possession then in college because I I sort of probably shouldn't have been drinking in co- I definitely should have been drinking the amount that I was but it, <laughs> it felt like sort of I didn't have the confidence to socialize without it right but you have that well, I was in a 
I was uh, I was in a fraternity in college. Um, kind of, uh, yeah. <laughs> a fraternity, fraternity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fraternity, fraternity. And Which so, one? Uh, Phi Gamma Delta, Fiji. Okay. okay. Um, what and, was that like? What was a Fiji guy like at Missouri State? Well, it was genuinely diverse. There was like a group of us that were like very. Um, like we joined because we were into service hours and like we were like we wanted people to like no one's watching over you in college no one cares what you do right and i was very um a fraternity to me was the way at my school that i was like someone's going to pay attention to my grades and make sure that i'm like taken care of and like thinking of me at all um and it was there were a lot of guys like that and then there were a lot of guys like what you would expect there were a lot of guys that were like out of their mind and like uh-huh. uh you know dudes that like uh some of the, some of them had growth over the time that we were together, which was a really interesting learning experience for me. Like some of them came in very uh, wild and like what you would expect, like very like, um, you know, calling people faggots and things like that, like being very like stereotypical. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a lot of growth there, but then some of them didn't grow at all. And some of them left the same way they came in and those weren't my friends. But it's like any other organization, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or like being in theater even or working, having a job. It's just like, those are people I don't hang out with and we do what we need to do. Yeah. Were there other gay people in the fraternity? Yeah, but they were all in the closet. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, is that fair? What, what was, there were, uh, there were several guys in the closet. Um, and several of them still have not come out. Um, Oh, you're 25. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they'll come out in their thirties. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, but, but you knew this, you just, you sensed it. No, I knew. You knew, knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had talked. Mm. You know, it's really, there's really, there was one guy who, <laughs> momentary pause to figure out if I can say this. There was one guy who, when I first joined, was very, like, uh, was very homophobic and, like, said things that I was like, oh, this guy's not going to be my friend. Um, and then he came out, like, during my time in school. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And that was wild. Um, and so these days, are you using the apps? Are you oh, doing any of that? Yeah. I'm on Grinder. I'm on Tinder. It's it's it, it's wild. I I feel like being a being <laughs> now it's become a lot of people messaging me on apps about my, my comedy, which is uh weird. Mm-hmm. Um it's not what I'm on there. You know what I mean? I'm not like people message me and be like you're so funny and I'm like and if it's someone cute I'm like great. So what you know what yeah. I mean like if you're a fan tell me on Twitter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like tell me somewhere else. This is not the place. Right, cuz I'm like if you're cute I want to talk. You know what I mean? Um and it's always nice but it's very confusing to navigate. You know when mm-hmm. someone messages you something like that because it's like, "Well, what does that mean to you?" Like am I, am I supposed to just respond? You never want to make someone uncomfortable, right? They've done a favor by saying something nice to you about your work. And then it's like, well, how am I supposed to respond? You know what I mean? How, so how do you respond? I g- generally, I just say thank you and then see if they say something else. Because I, w- I would rather not make them uncomfortable if they're just being nice. I don't ever want them to feel like, oh, I gave you a compliment and now you're being like, let's go on a date. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I generally just err on the side of being like, thank you. Have you had the experience yet of um, hooking up with a fan or um, flirting with a fan? Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Is there... What's the power dynamic like for you? Do you feel? Well, it's the weirdest part for me is the the idea that someone is a fan. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the concept of having fans to me is like, I don't know. It's just like, I, I kind of forget, you know what I mean? Like if I look back on it, I'm like, oh, that's what that was. But in the time I was just like, oh, this person's interested in me. And then I look back and I'm like, oh, well that's, that is what that was. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like someone who like w- wanted to hook up with me because they saw me at a show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was fine. It was like any other thing. It was like, you know, we hooked up and then we didn't really talk. And that was that. Yeah. Tinder's much more Tinder's much more chill than Grinder though. I found. 
people have reverse experiences though. I feel like a lot of straight people are like Tinder's just for hooking up. And I'm like, yeah, they think of Tinder the way we think of Grinder. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, that's crazy. To me, it's more tame. And so longest relationship, I mean, you're very young, obviously. Longest relationship was this in college. Yeah, I would say like two or three months, um, a couple of two or three month things and not like not even serious, like like, uh, you know, hanging out like once or twice a week, maybe. So you have not had I've like not a had great ex- heartbreak. Uh, well, my great, my great heartbreaks are, uh, unrequited. <laughs> well, sure. Let's talk about those. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm always, I'm always catching feelings for people that are unavailable. That's like my, that's my MO. Um, you are know, we're we talking like straight guys. Oh, sure. Straight guys. Um, gay guys who are in long-term committed relationships that are not open. Um, yeah, you, you know, you name it. I think unavailability is like, is like a prerequisite for me. <laughs> yeah. It's like something that just like, I, I find myself in that situation a lot. Right. And how long, I mean, will you, will these unrequited situations go on for long stretches of time? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, I, I think I have like, there are a lot of time, there are a lot of situations where like people will be, will be friends. You know what I mean? Like people want to be friends and then I'm like, maybe that will lead somewhere more or maybe it won't. And then it usually doesn't maybe because I'm not acting on it, but then also maybe because they are like strictly and technically unavailable. Um, and it's just like, yeah, it just goes on for as long as it goes on. And then I either get over it or, you know, it like fades, fades. It's background noise. I think a lot of comedians tend to get sort of friend zoned. I don't know. I feel like we, I, I hear that a lot really? from, from, queer comic guests here. Yeah. There's a similar pattern where I think when people identify you as a funny person, first and foremost, they, it becomes harder sometimes to show people that you're more than that. Yeah. Well, it's weird to have a, it's weird to have a crush on someone that you uh, are, are friends with or care about in another context because it sometimes feels like you're betraying that relationship by having this other relationship to them in your mind that they didn't consent to being a part of, you know what I mean? Like having this narrative of, of what could be or, or, or how you feel about them and this other context that, that they are not asking to be a part of and didn't maybe even want to be a part of. And it's like, it's interesting. Sometimes it can feel like, um, you're creating a different like existence of your relationship with them in your head that they didn't want to be, um, included in. And it can be very weird. It can feel like, it can feel like you're being a bad friend. I feel like, but yeah, I think that, yeah, when you're funny or like when you're like a good time or whatever, when people find you interesting to be around, it may be that that's where it ends a lot of times. Because I think so, a lot of people like to be involved in a pursuit. But that's, I mean, that's also excruciatingly painful. Sure. To be yeah. in love with someone and not even be able to express it. And it goes, I mean. Yeah. Now I'm under the Sam Smith and the Adele and the sure. Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, all yeah. of a piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean – I think also there, there are things that like, I think if I was genuinely honest with myself and I was like, Oh, what am I, what am I doing? Why am I not dating? Why am I not in a more serious relationship? Part of it is those things. And then another part of it is just like, I have been, especially during my time in Chicago, like hyper-focused on my career. And I think there are genuinely things that I'm just not willing to give up. Like I'm not willing to, um, like not do the amount of shows a week that I'm doing in order to like, I'm not going to cancel a show to go on a date. That's not really interesting to me. You know what I mean? Um, and I think there are things like that where I'm like, Oh, well you are making a choice, you know? Mm. Yeah. The dating hours 
tend to be the showers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When you say in your videos that you have commitment issues, how real is that? Oh, very real. (laughs) Yeah, very real. Yeah, I think that I'm like, uh, I think that I do think that when I'm when I'm seeing somebody like when I'm talking to somebody, if they if they get too interested too soon, I'm like, oh, you know what I mean? I like I might get very like skittish about it. And I'm I I really don't I haven't uh, process explored it much. I'm kind of just letting it be true. And I mean, like when I like even in the video, I'm like, I don't know if I have commitment issues or if I'm in my 20s. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I think I do have commitment issues, but also I'm in my 20s. So you I'm are, like, I have time to figure that out. You have plenty of time. You're yeah. a baby. <laughs> I'm so small and young. You're tiny. You're a, a doe. <laughs> a doe. A doe in the woods. Caleb Huron, uh, I am obsessed with you. And this was an honor. Thank you so much. I feel I feel bad that I didn't ask you guys questions. Well, you no, can. Uh, yeah. It was, why would you? Because it's like fun, you know. But we can't we can't sit here all day and talk. No, you look, guys got you're stuff the to interesting do. one. You're busy. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank Enjoy you. your LA whirlwind. Thank you. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm.